Hey, Internet. Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. Oh, hey, Internet. (laughs) (laughs) Keep forgetting about that. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. Still don't know how to open intros. Five years in. Hey, guys. It's the Intoxicated Podcast with Sarah and Sarah. Welcome back. Thank you, Sarah. Here with producer Sarah, who is helping me recover from crying. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's been a week, you guys, and I'm very sleepy. But we're here, and we're here with another episode. And we had an actually pretty fun, busy weekend. Like, a a fun weekend. Sarah had to remind me what I did, because I forgot. (laughs) That's okay. It happens. It was a lot. We had a lot of recordings, but we also went to a comedy show at Good Robot. And we saw Dan Hendrickin, Luba Magnus, and Claire Belford. And, and they're all amazing. Right? We what had a blast. Great sh- yeah. And they have fizz buckets there. Fizz buckets. Fizz buckets and great comedians. You can't get any better than that. Three fizzies. Three fizzies for $12. For $12, which are like uh, seltzers, like hard seltzers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yummy ones with Delicious cool flavors. Ones. But yeah, Claire and Dan and Luba were all amazing. It was yeah. such a good show. I truly loved it so much. And I think I might have loved it so much because they were all people that I don't see constantly. <laughs> no, offense to, no offense to people I see constantly. But like when you're when you're a comedian, like you're going to shows as a spectator. It's really nice to see like someone you haven't seen in a long time or like someone you've never seen before kind of thing yeah it was nice to have fresh new voices fresh new voices dan and claire are uh moving back to halifax in december so so they'll be back and luba's amazing uh we recorded with luba as well on on uh recently i shouldn't i shouldn't date anything we recorded with her very recently um and that'll be an upcoming episode which is awesome yeah and luba's a sweet 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 person what a darling holy moly but um, we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about this week's guest. This week's guest is a returning guest. She is an OG video episode guest. She was the third guest that I had on. It was She was the third video episode ever that's, on Talks. That's insane. So a while back, she's been involved in live streams as well. She is one of my favorite comedians here in the Halifax comedy scene. This week's guest is comedian... Brittany Campbell. Yes, she's back, bitches. Um, and this one, whoo! Get your favorite pillow, get your favorite snack, get your tissues, like just cozy up and uh, feel your feelings for this one. This one got pretty she darn deep. Deep like a deep dish pizza. Deep like a deep, deep dish pizza. Yes, but I loved it. <laughs> it was, it, was great. it was like a therapy session, I think. Like a really entertaining therapy session. Yeah. Because Brittany is, and she's kind of the perfect guest 
for this iteration of the podcast uh, because she is going through some like self transformations. She is learning to put herself first and set boundaries and like really like, like live life for her really is what it is. And so this episode we dive into her journey with that and it's, it's amazing. Yes. And I gotta say, love Brittany as a person, love her so much as a comedian. And we talk about, you know, the idea, like the psychological aspect of roast battles, which is very interesting. Oh, yeah. And also crowd work. So yeah. she's someone I look up to in comedy. Brittany, if, if I've never told you that to your face, Brittany, I'm saying it now. Um, I look up to her as a comedian. She's so comfortable on stage, such a natural. Just a fucking sharp ass, sharp ass lady. Sharp ass lady. I also look up to her in comedy too. I'm like, someday I want to be Brittany Campbell. Someday we all should be Brittany Campbell. <laughs> Um, and she gave you a really good piece of advice that stuck with you after a show. Yeah, that actually like helped me become better as a comedian. So see what I mean when like when these people come around, you gotta listen to them because they have really good insight. And this was just a great episode all about life and um, you know improving yourself, choosing yourself, and comedy as well. So good fucking episode. And Brittany is actually I'm gonna plug a show she's on uh, coming up, um, which is at the Dark Side Comedy Club. Now, everybody, I need to address this. This is not a club that is only for dark or dirty comedians. It is just called the Dark Side Comedy Club because it's in Dartmouth. <laughs> Apparently, they ran into people who were thinking that it was only like dark and dirty shows. Oh, no. But it's just it's the Dark Side Comedy Club um, over in Dartmouth. And Brittany is going to be there on November 24th along with one of my other favorite people in the world, which is Brian Otter, um, who is hosting. And Daniel Allen will be there as well. And Itai Cooperman. Oh, look at all the pals. That's a good fucking lineup. All the pals in one show. Right? I love that lineup for so many reasons. That's an amazing lineup. So that is November 24th. It is $10. And um, I will leave the ticket info. Oh, actually, yeah, you can text the club for tickets. So um, check that out if you can that'll Check be a good out. show uh and be sure to follow Brittany on social media she is on instagram at Brittany makes jokes great handle great fucking handle perfect handle jealous of that handle if you're digging the show consider leaving an apple podcast rating or review really helps the show out you can subscribe on youtube as well and check out the video episodes uh and follow on social media on instagram at intoxicated podcast guys that's it that's it that's all she wrote, folks. That's all she wrote. Enjoy this deep and delicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Episode with the amazing, the hilarious, and the incredibly smart Brittany Campbell. Learn to let it go and just roll on. Whatever comes, it's easy goes. better because we expect them to have the same kind of growth but maybe they plateau at different times 
but they started better, so we can't be like, oh, you're not doing as good now. It's like, well, we started 10 times as good as you, so get over it. True. Like, then you can catch up. Other people can catch up to those the people that start better. That's not what it's about. It's just like everyone's got a different place that they start at and go at. It's not even anyone's business how everyone's doing. Like, shut up. Love that. Shut up. Actually, uh, we probably haven't actually started yet, have we? Well, let's actually if we do the, start. If we actually start, that'll be my rant. So okay. Well, start, start with our song. We will. Well, let's get into it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. I am so excited to have back on the podcast one of my favorite people on this earth, oh, on this planet. I mean... I don't know where you stand in terms of like top ten people in my life, but you're you're close. You're up oh, there. Wow. You're up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy you quite a bit. You All are right. an OG podcast guest because I was just telling Brittany that she was the third video episode guest back in the day. Brittany Campbell, hey, <laughs> comedian, yeah. amazing person, yeah, great right. friend, yeah. What else are you? Oh, talented, skills, handy, smart, handy, strong, a lot of things. Smart. You know, how long do you got? <laughs> You're very handy. I'm You're really resourceful. Ha- Listen, I adapt and overcome very easily to situations. I can make anything work. But I'm also only handy because all of my dude friends are weak comic men who don't know how to do anything. <laughs> no, they know how to do their own things. But like, let's be real. Like, who are you going to ask to build a deck? Me or like one of the other dudes? And I don't even know how to build a deck, but I'm sure I can figure it out. Just in comparison. I truly, yeah. I should put that in the description. We'll build you a deck. Yeah. Brittany Campbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, welcome out of the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having Cause me. Because like, you did your solo episode with me way back when. Yeah. You've been on some live streams too. Yeah. But other than that, you've never been back on with another person, right? Not on an episode episode. No, I was gone though. I was gone. You're, you've been kind of here and back. and Yeah, I'm a roamer. You're a roamer. Yeah, 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 big time. But you've been back for a while now. Almost a year now. Well, it'd be like, it's been 10 months in Nova Scotia I've been back. Mm. Have you been enjoying being back and being rooted in a space? Uh, Yeah. The first time I moved to Halifax, I was like, I don't like Halifax. And I'm not going to like it. But that was mostly because I knew I wanted to leave and move. And mm. I grew up in PEI where everyone in Halifax thinks they're better than everyone else. Right. And then I was like, I got no time for this. I'm just coming wait, in. Wait, people think they're better. Like, wait, people in PEI think they're better than? No, no. Here? People in PEI think that everyone in Halifax thinks they're better Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Cities, yeah. right? Like, we're like the Toronto, like, we're, we are to PEI like Toronto is to us. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, no. Let's no? not get, we'll probably. Do people not think people in Toronto are stuck up? No, no, I agree with you, but I don't think we're that, hate. we don't have oh, that much hatred toward Halifax. Okay, okay, okay. I don't he- know shit. Hey, everybody. Sarah <laughs> doesn't know shit. This is just a fake made up thing I, that I think. Too. I haven't been out of the Maritimes in a long fucking time. Mm. So I truly I don't go or places or do things. Fair. So that that's why I don't know things. Because I don't go places <laughs> and I don't do things. Um my trip to Hells or I say Hells, I know it's the basement. It's always gonna be Hells to me. Yeah, Shannon said you can call it whatever. It's it's Hells. Um in New Brunswick, and that was the first time leaving Nova Scotia since the lockdown. So that was my first time out of the province in two years. Oh my god! If I don't leave this, if I don't get a change of scenery with a certain amount of time, I like panic. I have realized that I'm actually more of a homebody person than I yeah. ever thought I was. I've had to like train myself to be that way a bit. 
for my own well-being because that's not my vibe but i know it's important for people to have roots and settle and chill and be at their houses and sleep in their own beds and stuff like that yeah but that's a thing i'm actually actively working on being alone is there a reason oh being alone I'm sure there's lots of reasons why. I mean, years of distracting myself with social things. I've never been by myself and avoidance and stuff like that. Of course, all those things added together. Also, I like being around people. Like, I enjoy it. But now I've come to terms with, like, figuring out not just to be around people, being around people I enjoy. Yeah. Oh, my. Yes. How old are you? 32. Okay, that's how old she is. Sarah asked the other day and I was like, I feel like I know, but I don't, I need to start a spreadsheet of ages because I forget, what was your... I forget where people are. I was, I was going to put you at like 29. Yeah. What was you? What did you say? Sarah? Other Sarah? I said 23. 23. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, what? Really? <laughs> people always have this weird idea of my age. Cause when I was 23 and 26 and 27, people always were like, think I looked young but also as soon as I'd say my age like that makes sense like you have you seem well-rounded or mature like you seem like you aren't young because you aren't an idiot but also like you don't look old yeah it's a strange thing because you have to kind of combine the like like your physical assumption of somebody yeah and then like how mature they are so to speak a lot of people think that I'm younger than 34 and I'm like I've been through so much. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm 40. Yeah. Truly. I, I, I like, like I, I looked in the mirror the other day and I was just like, I think I'm 40. Oh my God. When I, when I look in like in terms of like emotional age, I'm like tiredness. Like I'm ready to retire. I'm yeah. done. I've already retired from two things. So I feel I'm like retired right now. So I'm also oh. ready to retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's just all do it. Let's all retire. Move to Florida. Well, let's be real. Like, this society is foolish. We shouldn't be living in a world where working 40 hours a week is the norm. And why don't we just like grow stuff and trade things? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't care yes. about money. If you will like, I do. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's actually I've never had any topic of discussion, which is money. I, yeah, I love money. I'll get it. And away money from me. would, money would solve a lot of my problems. Not going to make any grand statements here, but like if I got offered squid game, I may or may not do it. That's fair. I just. <laughs> That's actually so debt? funny. You have fun with that. Do you have debt though? Yeah, but I still no. want to join. Yeah. Listen, I, Sarah, mm-hmm. can, I, can I comment on that? Yes, please do. Okay, like dark, sad people are half choosing Squid Game because they're either getting a bunch of money or getting the <laughs> fuck out of it. So, like, <laughs> that has nothing to do with money. They're either getting money or death. Yeah. <laughs> either way, it's better than. Yeah, this. all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely like I, I would consider it. I, I probably wouldn't. But like like debt is enough to it certainly is enough to make you feel like you're constantly drowning and you'll never get. And that's like where I'm at, where I'm like, yeah, I feel like if I did have the chance to like potentially eliminate that, I would consider it. I truly would. Yeah, it does make it hard. It makes everything harder to pay off. It makes everything difficult. But also like. I don't know. Money just really doesn't matter. It does. Okay. And if too you much like of it can fuck you up. Yeah, and I've heard of this for one of my, I think, what's wrong with me, so I won't go into Ooh, that too much. I'm but, so excited. Um, but yeah. actually, we're going to start with the segments, but I would like to start with the assumption segment. Yeah, please. I want that because one Because you said something earlier that might challenge my assumption of you. I'm complex little. So I'm trying to dance around my words with this. 
because I need to say it in the right way. Yeah. So my assumption of you. Don't punch me in the face. Ow. When I think of you and like how I've known you. What? I'm expressive. I just really like Britney's face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ever since I've known you. You haven't really been someone where I look at and go, she's alone. There's either been a partner or like a love interest mm-hmm. or a crush mm-hmm. or someone, an anchor. You, you've always had an anchor. Mm-hmm. So my assumption was you're not used to being totally alone. Mm-hmm. But you commented on the alone thing earlier yeah. saying that you're working on yeah. learning to be alone. So in a way, my assumptions kind of right. Right? Yo, for it? sure, yeah. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, I know. And it's not romantically alone for most of my time, but you're right. Yeah, when well, I... the romantic alone thing. Yeah. Do you find that you're always, you always have a crush? Or you always have like oh. a, a uh, interest? No, okay, it's interesting. Like, um, yeah, if you want to know the details, is that like, I don't know, like I maybe now that I'm like queer and out and started dating and stuff like that. But like before I was never, I was never in a relationship until right. I never was in a relationship while I was like straight, just like banging my way around trying to figure so it I out. I didn't know you then. Yeah. You didn't know me. Then. So that's interesting. See, I started dating my ex like the day I, as soon as I moved to Halifax, pretty much we met the summer before. Mm. So then I was in this relationship for three and a half years while I started meeting all these people. Right. And then I'm a very, uh, at different times, I'm a very agreeable person in certain ways. And I do, like, I didn't, for years, I didn't want anyone to like me or look at me or want anything from me like that because I didn't think I could give that back. Right. And I'm still working on that. Right, right, right. But right. Uh, yeah, now, like, there's people around, but I've even, like, pulled back recently that, yeah, I do enjoy being around people and stuff like that. But I've changed my boundaries to be like, oh, I don't have a lot to give right now. And if you want to be around me and in my space, I can care for you and show you support and have fun with you. But I know that I've I've gone through patterns of being agreeable and not knowing what I actually want. And then I end up in spaces or doing things and not actually fully there. So right now I am enjoying my time around people, but at the same time, like I'm being very open and clear and being like, you know, like, I don't I need to learn how to be me and figure that out because that's that's a fresh thing now that if I start going into rhythms and get into like a relationship and stuff like I don't think that's good for me. You're giving this is cheesy, but it's almost like you're giving love back to yourself. Yeah. For the first time in a long time. For the first time. Yeah. What uh, what is it about like this stage in your life? Do you think that has like. Was it the pand? Did the pandemic kind of? Uh, I mean, the pandemic helped me slow down. But in my last relationship, she had shown me what like unconditional love and support was, and I had never felt that in that way. So having that was really lovely, and learning about that, but then learning lots of other things in my life, realizing that like, like having that feel good was probably like a changing point in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who was so steady and so like you're what I want and I support you and I help you and I always make sure there's food in the house and stuff like that. Like, so when that, you, like you can rely on. You yeah. Could, you could, you could rely I on could. Her. Yeah. And that's not something I ever had in my life. I've never had someone. Oh, I've never had that. Yeah. It's a, so that showed me that, you know, that's an option and 
and then when it was we were you know uh ending a relationship and i realized i have to learn how to be alone and figure that out because you know like i can't just pretend to i don't know becoming myself more feels good starting going to therapy a bit when i was out west and like trying to figure out what i want and how i feel my pleasure and has never been a priority in this world until yeah i don't know working on it Yeah, that's a deep thing. Yeah. And that's something that you, because I remember last summer, well, no, wait, when when Serena's episode came out, when the first episode of this relaunch Yeah, that was out, so good. You and I had a good chat about this. Yeah. And, like, the idea of, like, like really, pro- it's insane how we often really forget that. Just the simple doing things that, like, make us feel good. Oh, my God, yeah. Because we're either too busy, like doing too much yeah. doing too much for other people mm-hmm. giving giving too much to other people and then we also like just forget about ourselves and, well like, we don't leave ourselves i would just spend so much time around people that i didn't leave any energy for myself or potentially other people in my life yeah. that needed it. and i yeah. didn't comfort like first time i like realized that being comfortable was important was like this summer like it's like wrapped around. I was like, oh my God, I'm comfortable. I, I'm cozy. This is strange. No, I wasn't yet. I just felt like what cozy <laughs> felt like. And I was like, oh, this is why people like this. So that's, that's interesting. Do, do you think that you were uncomfortable before or? Oh, I feel like I've been uncomfortable a lot of my life. Yeah, for sure. Damn. Not, it's the thing is, is I didn't want to get just like hurt and stuff in your life, but I, it, being comfortable is scary because when you're comfortable, sometimes bad things happen. Mm. You let your guards down. So when you learn in your life that you have to be alert about things, often you don't want to be comfortable because when you're comfortable, you're, who knows what's going to happen. When you're wa- waiting for the next shoe to drop. Is yeah. that the phrase? Yeah. So what I'm teaching sure. myself now is realizing that I've grown a life and a space and people around me that I am safe. I right. am safe now. Like I still don't feel that through my whole body. Because you created it for yourself. Yeah. And that's that's what it is, because as soon as you start creating your comfort around like either a partner or another person, as soon as they fuck up and hurt you, you're screwed. You don't have anything. I don't think that's true. But if you. But yeah, it can be. But if you create that home space for yourself, Mm. you will be fine being alone. Like there's some people that like I know that have just like truly never been alone. And I worry for those people because when their partner dies, they're not going to be equipped with the skills. Mm -hmm. uh, this episode's not out right now, but will be out tomorrow. It'll be out by the time people listen It'll be, to this yeah, one. I, I, mean, <laughs> I keep forgetting that like this isn't live. This is yeah, going yeah. out next week. But uh, Richard Allen, um, the guest that I had on, talked about this. Just the idea of like your capacity for being alone and how we're all building that. Yeah. You got to train yourself and be comfortable in your own body and gotta create the home for yourself which yeah. is so cheesy yeah but it's true i mean if you can feel at home with your if you can be like like i'm not there yet i'm definitely like getting there mm-hmm. i think in terms of like what you said about like i'm not anywhere yet either these comfort. are first steps yeah it's like oh i learned how to be comfortable two months ago must have had all figured out by now <laughs> <laughs> yeah working on it what do you what's your ideal like self-care night if if you're having a Britney night, no one no one has asked you for plans. I don't understand this question. <laughs> <laughs> when is this exist. happening? When is this it happening? Exist. Is someone calling me to let me know? <laughs> you gonna lock me inside my house? I don't know. Would you? Are you the type of person? 
person who like if if you re- if you looked at your your schedule and you realized that you had no plans, would you go, oh thank God, or would you go, this doesn't feel right? I would say, oh thank God, if I had just spent three weeks constantly around people and no time to myself, I'd probably say that. But now I'm trying to get better and add that in. I literally have to like add in time because I'm a roamer. It's not necessarily a schedule because I may hate making plans, but I do know that I will. My friends know that I will reach out and say like, I have this thing where I say, I'm going to reach out to you all the time. But if you can't just say no, like I'm not asking you because I need anything. It's just, this is my way of being around is being like, Hey, what are you up to right now? And if they're like, Oh, I'm doing things. I'm like, Hey, cool. Yeah. But at, le- if at least you put yourself on the radar. Yeah, and I've had to talk with friends about that because no one's as comfortable with that as we expect because we phones now where we can text people anytime and they feel obligated to do things. But no, that's not my space. So like I've always been a roamer and like reach out to people throughout the day. So like often I could go in and I have no plans in the morning and I get up and then I'm around people all day, do a show or whatever at night. And yeah. Whatever, uh, I feel like I have good bail dar. I can usually tell when someone's about to bail on me. I do like it a little bit when people bail sometimes, though. That's when I come sometimes get my time. I do myself. too, unless I'm relying on them. Yeah. If I'm legit, yeah. If you're emotionally involved in what's going to happen, that is that does suck. Yeah. But I do have a little bit of a tinge, like in my like body sometimes when people like are close. I can tell they're like a little on the fence. I will make that move and be like, "Hey, man, this are you? You're not going to disappoint me if you're tired." Yeah, you like yeah. kind of give someone an out in a way. Yeah, like you're like, really it's okay if you want to bail. Like I, I yeah. always do that. I'm like, like just so you know, it's totally okay. Just tell me. It's but are you like, honestly cool with them that when you say it? Yeah, cool. At this cool, point, cool, cool. at this yeah. point, I am because I'm so hyper independent that yeah. like I don't rely on anyone anyway. Yeah. So like, even even if you think I rely on you, I'm already mm-hmm. in my head. I have a plan B on how I'm going to do the thing myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get it done because I'm just so hyper independent, which is kind of a, a weird flaw. Yeah. Because I don't I don't know at this point if I could ever be in a relationship because of this. Yeah, you'd have to definitely address that and ease it in. But also with your along with your assumption with that. Oh, you yeah, say that I've thing. been like not alone on college to have people around me. But also, I don't know, like people like to be around me and I'm okay with that. And I've yeah. had to like learn lately how to like have boundaries with that. But I'm also as much as yeah, I do have people around me. I'm not I have never almost let me myself rely on those people. Right. Like I with my last relationship, I was starting to get good at. It. But like, even when someone wants to do something for me, I'm like don't want to inconvenience anyone around me or like mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I don't know, Sarah. It's not my fault. People have crushes on me. What am I supposed to do well, about it? Actually, I was thinking the other way around. I was thinking you might be someone who crushes a lot. No, I've had, I can count every crush I've ever had, but in yeah. my, on my one hand, and only like one or two of them have lasted for more than I never had crushes at all until like. Oh yeah, Recently, I'm not right? a big yeah, not yeah. a big crush person. But now you're living it up. You're having fun. <laughs> Whatever. Is that is that what like mid thirties people say? <laughs> I'm still like it's funny that you think of it this way too. Is because like when I first like started comedy, I thought I was straight. Blah blah blah. Started and then in order to like make sense to the audience is obviously like. I was figuring myself out. So obviously the logical term for clarity and boldness on a stage is to be a lesbian. Right. And maybe I, that's how I identify. I don't know. How would I know? It's kind of was what happened and got thrown upon me. But also people then assume that I'm a hyper, hypersexual person because I'm a lesbian. So who knows 
if I'm going right. around, you know, you might see me flirting with someone or talking to someone or on a date with someone. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm like sleeping with them That's right away. Like, interesting. I'm not necessarily just like a crushing, trying to do all this stuff. I'm just like being myself. And if someone makes me feel good when I'm around them and I make them feel good, why not explore that a little bit and learn a few lessons, right? Right. But that's that's interesting you say that. Yeah. Because I find people think the same thing about me. Yeah. They think I'm always fucking. And I'm yeah. like, I fuck less than anyone I know. Yeah. Most people I know. Yeah. Most people, I will say, I, I need to correct myself there. Now that Vaughn's dead, yeah. anytime <laughs> I used to say that around Vaughn, it was... I've been fucked since 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, he was always the person in the room who, who was less sexually active than me. Yeah. But now I feel like I'm pretty much up there because I feel like I'm essentially celibate at this point. Like, I truly... I get so many labels and shit, Sarah. To deal with yourself and all of a sudden you start <laughs> flowing and then... I but I mean, it's it's only been once in the last two years. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's it's yeah. Uh, And then it's like... It weighs on you, right? It's not only like sexual stuff. It's like just like even just like just general touch. Oof. Like I don't get that from anyone. Yeah. yeah. I used to hate that. Someone it's, would like, rub my arm and I'd be like, what are you doing? Get the hell out of here. It's a weird psychological thing. It like, is. Skin you hunger is, is actually a de- like a deprivation or whatever. Yeah, like, for sure. Like and it's not even necessarily sexual, but it's just like the comfort feeling, I guess, of like human to human touch. Yeah, I had this like friend the other day, or not not really friend, but a guy I spend some time around sometimes. And anyway, I just looked at him and was like, man, you need a hug? And he's like, yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. So I like hugged him and then he goes, thanks. And he goes to pull away. I was like, well, I'm going to hug you too. You stop shaking. And then I just Aww. like held him and then he's like, okay, thanks. I was like, not yet. Like, wait till your body settles and then we can move past. Like, until you get that sigh of relief. <gasps> well, it's not really, I'm, the whole hug's not helpful if I'm just giving that as a thing. Like, I gave this to you. But if I'm able to like hold him and wait till his body settles and I feel that his body release and right. feel that relief, then I can be like, all right, let's move on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking. Yeah. It, I, it makes me scared, honestly, because yeah. I go, Will I ever experience that? Ever like it? It, it I I know that that's unbelievably sad to say, mm-hmm. but it does make me go. Maybe it's just not meant for me. Like maybe I'm just not supposed to be with another person and like have that intimacy. Um. So gotta be happy on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some bath salts and candles. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> just like zoom in on my face. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. Um, I think it'll sway back though, like because those things they can't be predicted. Like I, people gravitate toward me now, but it's because of how I'm putting myself out there and presenting myself. And, confidence, yeah, all that, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but like, and there it goes, folks. <laughs> yeah, but like at the same time, like I don't know. I've had lots of times in other relationships where there has been like chunks of long distance, like months at a time too, and. Uh, you don't get that physical touch and things like that. But once it feels cozier for people, you can get that from like friends and stuff. But it takes that's a deep, that's a whole new thing to be able to be get that from me. friends. Of course, it would be but, weird for me a lot until maybe recently. But well, I guess it's what, how friends. you think of it, what intimacy is because yeah. a lot of people think intimacy is physical touch. Mm-hmm. I think it's more consistency and closeness. Mm like close conversations or like yeah like checking in on someone every day yeah. that's intimate to me which is interesting if we get into astrology shit the your venus sign i think is like i think it has to do with romance or like 
how you yeah. how you are in romantic partnerships. Mine's Aquarius. Okay. And so my Venus you is like be told what to do. Is it's like it's it says that like you do things in a very unconventional way. Mm-hmm. I was like, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. Because like I could totally fall in love with someone just from a conversation. Yeah. Versus like physically seeing them. Yeah. Intimacy, in my opinion, is like when you go deeper than surface level and yeah. you are showing like care towards that person that's not necessarily like sexual and but it can be too like oh yeah you know i mean you can't get much closer to someone when you're inside them yeah as long as your brains are actively aware because if not then are you really that close i banged a lot of dudes that i wasn't that close with true that yeah me too um but yeah that's my assumption i don't know i just kind of thought i feel like you're someone who has a lot of friends you have a lot of like you have a good amount of closeness in your life Maybe with other much. people yeah is that true yeah now oh that's good i even like always said i was like fun at parties and stuff like that and had lots of friends and groups of friends but <laughs> even were. when i went yeah even when i went back home to pei recently for a show i had invited a bunch of my friends who hadn't seen me in a few years since i've been since i left and then coming back i even said on stage i was like listen yeah bernie's got friends and stuff but like up until like these last couple of years when i learned to open up none of my friends knew anything about me. So I was not close with them. It's fun at parties, but I was like, listen, tell me something about me other than the amount of siblings I have. And then my dad doesn't love me. Like, tell me something else. He does love me now, but whatever. But you know what I mean? Like I was so closed off and not, so you've seen me when I started my journey of opening up. That's so true. It would have been interesting if you saw me a few years ago. I don't know the old you. Yeah. Is that a good thing or bad thing? I don't know. I think I don't even know her either anymore, which is a good way. Isn't that wild when you think of like your past selves like even just from like five years ago or however long ago it's like when i think of like high school college era i'm just like who is that what the fuck i was a child yeah what happened oh age happened (laughs) learning all we were supposed to do is gather information learning lives but yeah i'm trying now like as soon as i turned 32 i was just like you know what? Let's stop doing what Brittany used to be. Let's Brittany be Brittany 32 onward because the change and the difference within five years or seven years or three years even is so abrupt. I can't keep comparing myself to that. I got to start fresh because that's so taxing on me when someone says something about me, like how they presume I am or how they see me. I want to look at them and be like, do you not know how much I've struggled? I didn't just show up here and be able to have friends and to be able to be close with people. Like I didn't just have this within me i've created this my whole life and struggled to learn how to do that right so like now when people meet me they're like oh everybody's fun and happy and all this stuff and i was like yeah well sometimes you grow empathy through struggle and pain and challenge and i am an empathetic person because of what i've been through and i it's a double it's a it's bittersweet it's very earned earned yeah i've been working a lot my whole life and in positions and i've had a whole life before i started comedy and i'm happy with that and it's but um yeah just uh yeah like uh, you know update my resume you know update that resume Oof, a life resume would be crazy like if you had to make a resume of your life and put like headings and like things that have impacted your life like do you ever think of your life in terms of like chapters or i like eras eras even i don't i don't know if i look back at a fully but sometimes i have like a space that i'm in or someone that affected me and i think i like to wrap it up in order because like sometimes we get scared of endings and close and clo- things ending but then instead of you being like 
oh, this is over. That sucks. It's like, wow, wasn't this a lovely chapter in my life that added so much to my existence? Yes. Yeah. And sometimes negatively too, but and sometimes you go, I learned so much, but I'm reaping no benefits. <laughs> and that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you don't get the reward right away. You get the sometimes lessons. Sometimes you don't get the reward right away. Yeah. And you just gotta keep waiting. Yeah. And spend more time alone. Every yeah, anyway. yeah. I'm so, so resentful. It's just like every time I have a psychic ring, it's like you you still have more work to do. I'm just like, how much more work can I do on myself? I've done this so much. There's so much pressure on it. We're just gathering information, and then you have to think of it as gathering, not like, oh, I did this. What do I get from that? There's no payoff. Um, there is a payoff, but there's no like you can't put it into words. And I, yeah, it's that's coming actually- to your body, and you had to learn each lesson and. Before you don't just learn a lesson, you have to incorporate it and let it become part of yourself. So you can't learn anything too quickly. Mm. You learn it all and be like, I know this. It's like, no, you don't know shit. Learn each lesson slowly so that you incorporate it and live it fully. Otherwise, you're just thinking of stuff. God damn. It's true. (laughs) Such a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not. No. Um, what would be a good let's let's do the rant segment. Let's do that one next. All right. We're in so I think people bond over what we hate about things or what we're frustrated by. So, Brittany, do you have a rant for me? I need to rant. Yeah, of course. How many do you want? Uh, Pop off, queen. I'm just going to put it on you and you have the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a rant? This is a rant. All right, what's pissing me off these days? Uh, Everyone needs to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Jesus Christ, I'm tired and people need to stop talking. (laughs) I mean, talk a bit, but like, listen, it's not about about not talking. It's just like, this pandemic made us all slow down and then we get back around people and we're a little uncomfortable and we don't know how to act and how to be, but that's fine. It's just like sit back and take things in when you're in a space and like take it in because a boss t- taught me this years ago is like I was working with like 111 youths we brought on youth youths we talked brought to uh, Ottawa from PEI and you know a dozen adults and I've been telling youths what to do for years didn't bother me with them but then adults like trying to figure stuff out and they think they know stuff and and I just had experience and I was younger, but I'm a woman, so no one really want to listen to me. But the way you get them to listen is I had a boss teach me this. He's like, Bernie, you know the answer. Just sit back, wait for everyone in the room to exhaust themselves with their suggestions. Let them turn each other down. And at the end, once you've listened to all their problems, just be like, hey, you want this solution? And then they're tired. Mm. They've already said no because people love saying no. They love being like, no, nah, I don't think that'll work. Mm-hmm. So you wait it out a little bit. Look around. Be observant of what's going like on. Like a sponge. Yeah. But like, you know, just like be around. And if you people don't want the answer solutions right away sometimes mm. because they're just ready that it, to find it. Like, they think it's hard. So they don't want it to you to just have the solution right away. Right. Like, but it's hard. And you're like, it's not really hard if you have the experience. And it's not even about shutting up, too. It's like we. the thing is, is that everyone, if you... If you think about comedy more intellectually and less emotionally, that takes time. You actually get better more quickly because you process information differently when you're not emotional. Emotions change the way you process information. So you're not even actually aware of how your set went 
if you have too many emotions going on. You're either going to think it was great or you're going to think it was terrible. And that's not logical and that's not factual if your brain's all fucking wild. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, just, like, take it all in. And everyone's opinions, people got lots of opinions, but I don't know. Not everyone's opinion's valuable. Um, (laughs) It's a weird (laughs) thing to say. But, like, hold it in until you figured it out, right? Wait it out. Observe. Don't just be like, this is how it is. It's like, don't talk to me about facts unless it's a fact unless you wanted to actually talk and I'll love having conversations with people, but don't say it at me as if it's a fact that don't, bothers me. Ooh. So like, this is this. And yeah. you're like, Sarah and I have talked about this, the yeah. idea of like talking at someone versus with them. Yeah. You know, like we're right now we have a back and forth. Like yeah. there's a natural, I say something, you say something, but like there's some people who just say things Yeah, at you and there's no, there's no listening on their end. Yeah. There's no back and forth. There's mm-hmm. no pausing. Yeah. And it's like an invasion of space. Yeah. And people are allowed to be however they want to be. It just, I don't have to allow that into my space. Do you think that like. Makes my bipolar flare up and not even be a mean. It just makes me friggin' hyper and anxious. And I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to laugh. No, honestly. That, like, yeah, that would suck. It's not. Yeah. Do you think it's kind of like BO? Like, do people know that they're be yeah. annoying sometimes do, do, do you think people are self-aware sometimes they can't help it and that's okay mm. but also you have to accept and most people there's a lot of people out there who know that that's the way they are and they're okay when i say i don't want that or <laughs> i don't want to be that way because i this is the thing now is i'm saying this all now but before i was so agreeable in my space and i never knew how to like have boundaries of control that i just allowed people to have from me what they wanted my whole life mm. so now i'm like annoyed by it but before i'd probably be like whatever were you someone that like are you, or are you were or are you someone who people confide in yeah big time like like you're a sounding board people yeah but also um people know <laughs> are, people are pretty aware of when i want them to do that when i don't because that's good I've been influencing people in my jobs and spaces I've held for lots of times. And I feel like uh, kind of this, the uh, recurring information I get is that I'm intimidating, but everyone feels that they're safe around me and they, that I respect them. It's just, they can't, aren't always going to get from me what they can get from other people. Cause I, well, you're honest. I see. Yeah. Very, very honest person. Yeah. Like, like a genuine person. I just I see so many people. I can't give everything to everyone. There's there's never been anything left for myself. So now I've got to make sure there is. And I think so often that we will give people things just out of obligation alone. And it's, yeah. it's a shit. Like, like do you and ever sometimes have, it's fine, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. And like, we're allowed to not uh, to have opinions that aren't savory yeah when people shut everyone down it's like listen you don't have to agree with the opinions but it's also take everything in mix it up in your head make your own opinion yeah. gather information like gather information yeah so people shut the fuck up shut the fuck up man i'm just tired i see so many people it's so funny like another part to this rant about this is like actually i'll do that in my unpopular opinion maybe <laughs> perfect yeah. but i think i i do think and you and I talked about this at Freeman's. Just the idea of like asking someone if they have time to listen to you, yeah, goes a long way. One of my can co- I can I talk to you for a second? 
yeah. versus oh my god this thing happened yeah, 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 yeah. oh big time emotional dumping yeah especially when it's like oh, oh i just my finished god. my set i'm standing outside to gather myself before i go back in to be around another hundred people like yeah any second. i have a pal who calls it um capacity capacity you have, you have, uh, are you are you capable of doing this and like do you have the ability to do it like are you do you have, you have the capacity for it do you have the ability to do it like <clears throat> Because sometimes you're able to do it, but you don't necessarily have the capacity to do it. Sometimes you have the capacity to do it, but you're not able to do it. So I like it. It's cute. Capacibility. Yeah. I really, really like that. Because emotional dumping is it's the fucking worst. And it really, truly will drive people away from you eventually. Yeah. Because they will get resentful at you. And tired. And tired. Listen. And, then, and then they'll be like, I don't think I've told you one goddamn thing about me. But you've... Yeah. It's weird, like the darker of a comic I get, the more I share about certain things and the more I think, if you're actually listening to my words, the less you want me, like would want from me. But like often after shows and space, and it's my confidence, it's my vest or whatever, but like a lot of people lately, like I kind of found out this summer I was a babe and then other people found out I was a babe and now people are just like, like this isn't, I don't know. This, all the guys who listen to this would be like, I wish that was a problem I had. But a lot of people will just come up to me after sometimes and be like, essentially like, will you fuck me? And I'm just like, listen. Can't relate. You're... No, but this is the thing, Sarah, is they don't, aren't attracted to me. They don't want that intimacy. They look at me and see that I'm strong and want me to do a task for them. They see you as a tool. Yeah. Not everybody. A tool for themselves. Yeah, versus... like you could do this thing for me. Versus you're someone I'm attracted to that I want to please. Yeah, I don't even need them to want even all of that. But like, I need some sort of, like, I, I, I'm not out here. I just, didn't you get enough from me 45 minutes on the stage? I opened up my whole heart for you. And now you're just like, give me more. <clears throat> oh boy. Yeah. That's so I, interesting. I love being social with crowds after shows. And I love the connection and all these things. But it is funny. Like the, you know, like, weren't you listening to how sad I am? Like, that's like so ballsy yeah to do that i don't think that i've even like when i used to watch a lot of comedy i don't think i'd ever have the balls to just like go up to someone and yeah them right after people think that that's you, who i am or you what stalk I am. them for a while and then you slide <laughs> the dms that's the longer game i don't care if you came up to me and flirted with me after and had like some chill about it who knows but like don't just be like do this for me so that happened has that happened a lot or just like well it started happening more recently it didn't happen before it's just something you're, you're before i was never aware of any of this i was in a relationship i didn't think i was a babe i had no wandering eye like i didn't have any right everyone i talked about being in a relationship i was very clear that i'm not right i, I know nothing about me wanted to the floodgates are open now so to speak kinda. i guess yeah i kind of i yeah. guess but it's also you know i'm a better comic than i was before when often when you're on these stages and these spaces i just didn't realize like i've had people who are like much better more experienced comics to me and i kind of brought this up i was like oh my god what's this and they're like oh yeah that happens eventually because you just people like you you're confident you're on the stage they like want to be around you and stuff Ooh. just like mama i don't want to use the word like what <laughs> mama wants yeah 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 <laughs> i could really go for that right now yeah <laughs> Oh man, that's interesting. Wow, Brittany. Whew. Yeah. Tired. Fuck I yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think people do want from like so like when you say things like 
what do you want from me? Or like, what more do you want me to give to you? What do you think it is that they want? They just enjoy their time where it entertains them. And we had that thing together. And I like to think that when I talk to a crowd, it's not a one-sided thing. We're doing it together. I'm changing jokes or inflections depending on how they're reacting. And they felt good. And they want to feel good still. And that's okay. I just take myself out of it because it's not me that they want. They liked the room and experience that I gave them. And they wanted to keep going because they felt good. Yeah. yeah. I actually, something just clicked in my head. Because one of the things that infuriates me on online dating apps yeah. is when guys will go, because they'll see that I do comedy. Yeah. Tell me a joke. Or let's see how funny you are. Like, they'll challenge, challenge me. Yeah. And, I, and like, an online dating talk. And I'm just like, I'm not working right now. Yeah. It's all new comic, mind you. But I do consider comedy work. Yeah. Listen, though, Sarah, when, it, when people say things like this on online dating, you got to remember, too, you don't have to answer them directly the same way. You could be, like, jokey and be like, oh, yeah, listen. And then say those things, and maybe that they find that more charming. Because people ask stupid questions. People think they ask what you they want you to hear, and you just gotta look around enough and see if that person's worthy of even talking to anymore. And if not, just whatever. Yeah, because I actually think I actually do think like some of the funniest people on stage. I would put you in this category too. When I think of like the people that I really enjoy watching on stage mm-hmm. and who are really good comedians, have this great ability to be super serious and deep when they're not on stage. Yeah. So I think that that contrast is almost nest. not maybe not necessary, but I think it's a good thing. Yeah. It's how you get to pull them further. Like people who are just like always joking. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm like with you with the, I'm just like, I'm tired. I don't want to yeah, have to yeah, keep yeah. up constantly with bits. Yeah. I like when comedy, and that's why I love like conversations like this, where it's like serious shit, and then jokes can m- might come out of it. Or yeah, jokes might slide in and out of these like darker topics. Yeah, I like when comedy happens naturally like that versus yeah. like constantly trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to be on, trying to keep up. Yeah, and I, I am around those people where I'm like, I have to be funny now. I have to be funny. I yeah. have to be. Well, funny. you're around a lot of people too have that started to around the same time and know a few years in, and they're like buddy buddies and stuff like that. And that's all good too because you got to be though like. You gotta do, you gotta keep your mind on comedy, sure, like, throughout all the time. But, like, I don't know, the longer you do it and the more shit you got going on in your life, like, I still keep comedy pretty active in my brain, like, when I'm thinking about things and writing jokes, but, like, I don't know, I find it more fun to just, like, an excitable new comic comes up to me, excited to tell me something. It's really more fun for me to just look at them and be like, (laughs) cool. Good job. Because if I don't do that, like I've told some people this before, like no one needs to know that I'm kind and nice and do things for people. Like I, because if not, I give off and people try to find things to grab onto and then they want to be around me. And I want to be around people too, but I'm around so many people every day. I only can only add like, like, yes, we do shows, but like, uh, let's be real. Like if, if people know about my life, like I socialize all afternoon too. Like, and I see people and then I take a couple hours to myself and then I go to a show and then you need to be constantly shifting energies. And I like that. I like the variables and stuff like that, but yeah, man, people excitable people. I've been used to people coming out to me excitable for years. Me being like, yeah, it's not really my job to make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> it's like a little puppy. It's like well, a helpful boy. It's like a little, little yeah. excitable puppy going up to like an older dog. That's just tired. Yeah. <laughs> and the puppy's like, nip, 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 nip. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nip, 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 nip. 
I don't even know if I'm just tired, but that too, but also like a little bit of a helpful bully and a teacher at heart too. So like, yeah. that's not what those people need from me. Those people need that from their buddy, the same peer or whatever, like their buddy, they can get that from them, but they don't need that from me. Cause they're going to learn more from me if I tell them, like, don't even say it, but like not be agreeable with them. Like whatever. You know, shit. Tough love. Yeah. You can, bully, yeah. you can give tough love really well. Yeah. Cause That's I respect people yeah. and I'm kind hearted and genuine about it, but also like, cause some, yourself. some people don't have the right balance of that. Yeah. The toughness and the love. I think some people, when they give advice mm-hmm. to friends or like, are being honest with friends, it's like too much love and not enough tough. And then some other people are way too tough. Yeah. And not, not enough love kind of thing. And it takes a There's lot a, of life experience to get that. Yeah. It takes a lot of life experience to be tough and gentle at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. All right. Next segment. All right. Let's get into what's wrong with you. Oof. What's wrong with you? forgot about that one so this is <laughs> this will be when you think of yourself we all have so much wrong with us so we Speak could pro- ourselves. we could <laughs> i will <laughs> uh we could talk for a long time about it, but like is there something currently that like you're tackling and working on yeah uh yeah, so what I this one that came to my mind right away, and it almost came out of my mouth earlier, but I wanted to leave it for this, is that um, um, what's wrong with me is so well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the TED Talk. If you want to hear where it came from, come see one of my sets, but I'll tell you where I'm at now, is uh, I, this summer, um, learned how to want things. I spent a lot of my life... Um, training myself and learning to not need for anything mm. because I, uh, there was some scarcity in certain areas of my life growing up. So if I could not need anything and just be cool with whatever happens to me, I can't be hurt Yeah, because I'm whatever. Like I don't really need food that much or I don't really need anything. I need to buy anything. I can get through with whatever I have. You're resilient. Yeah. But then if you, I know, especially since moving, starting to do comedy, I even wanted for even less because I know if I want to do this, I can't have things. And then I learned to not care about things because I've never had things. So things aren't important to me. Money's not important to me because I never had it. And I don't get excitement. Like people will be like, oh my God, a snowmobile. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah, I would rather be able to like move around and I get my joy from experiences and interactions and small little things. So mm-hmm. this summer I had like, um, had a nice dating relationship thing with a human who was moving away anyway. So it was just nice. We both kind of ran into each other at a time where we both kind of needed, we're both different, but whatever. But like we both learned so much from each other. Yeah. But she had taught me how to like, yeah, want things. And she'd be like, well, what do you want? And I was like, I just, it doesn't matter. She's like, no, like you're allowed to want for things. But what, yeah. in return, the most amazing lesson from that was learning how to not want things. Once you want things, you learn what you don't want, which is so wild. Because I would always just be like, so many, there's been lots of people and things and experiences in my life that people would just get. I would just give them what they wanted or they would take it either way. So like I trained myself to not be able to be hurt by not ever needing or wanting or, or feeling. But then now I'm like, no, I don't want that. Now it feels so good. 
Yeah. To be like, yeah, and I'm focusing more now. Like, I still don't want for too much, but I not wanting is so good. Like, I've never thought I would, like, learn this. What are some things that, what are, like, some things that you don't want that you think other people might constantly want? Um, are there certain things that you think of when you when you say like that you don't want things? It's well, is it like extravagance or like unnecessary? A lot of things, things right now that I'm not wanting is experiences with people that I feel uncomfortable in. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people in my life who too like me being agreeable and just being like making sure everyone else is good. Like there's been people who've wanted to have like time with me or sexual experiences with me or things like that. And I'm like, all right, sure, if you want that, I'll do that for you. But that's not what I want usually in the moment or I haven't taken the time to sit back and be like, do I even want this? It's just like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll don't want to inconvenience anyone, but I don't. Yeah. People I don't. pleasing. Yeah. Big, huge. That's Jesus what I'm working Christ, on. The there's most. so many people pleasers out there. I think this is like the real pandemic is all Greed these is the real pandemic. All these people pleasers, but all these people doing yeah. things for other people before doing them for the, just like, God damn it. Yeah. That's like, a thing to be worked on for sure. Holy fuck. It's so freeing as soon as you start going no and i'm not sorry no and i'm not sorry no and i've accepted this is a no a solid no and i'm good with that yeah like i often think of it when 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 you're like say someone asks you to do something and a lot of times i would used to i used to respond with like I can't, I'm so sorry. Like I have this other thing. I'm, like I, I, like I would give so many reasons yeah, as justify. to why I was saying no, but like to stand in, no, I can't make it. Yeah. And chances are, you're, leave it at that. Yeah. Oof. It's yeah. powerful. It is powerful. And chances are the other person who asked you doesn't need all those. Those are, those explanations are for yourself to feel good about it, to feel fine with it. Cause the other person really just wants a yes or no most of the time. And then after you send that, they're like, no, no, I'm sorry. Like, I understand. Like, some people are greedy and want all that from you. But And it's really like on the other end of things, you really just have to go like Sarah and I have talked about this, like just going uh, their priorities are different right now. Yeah. What they're choosing to do with their like Saturday night. um, I'm not it. Yeah. That's fine. And that doesn't mean forever. Exactly. It's just for tonight. Yeah. And they have different priorities and my priority is this and mm. I want that respected by others. Yeah. So I should respect theirs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like we got to stop taking things so personal. Yeah. I know it's easier fucking said than done. Yeah. But like. Deal with facts more than emotions, right? I yeah. used to be the worst. I used to constantly like I would I would berate people if they if they didn't do things with me. Mm. Like I would call them lame. Be yeah. like you lame. Like I would pick on them kind of. Because you're hurting. Because you felt like you weren't involved. Yeah, or- exactly. And now I go. Now when someone says no to me, I go, I'm jealous of you. Yeah. <laughs> jealous yeah. that you can do that. Yeah. Like now I, now I look up to it. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, you're. You're valuing your your time. You're putting well, yourself... For, and that's what I want for myself. Well, if you look up to um, it, chances are that's the next thing. Because at first, it was you being defensive about it. And then now you admire it. Now you look up to it. So next is going to be you doing that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. What are, you, what are your thoughts on... I know we've talked about this off mic, but like hustle culture and this pressure to like constantly go 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 like, that's my unpopular is, opinion is, oh is it should yeah. we get into it right now well, yeah, let's fucking, it. you know what it's gonna happen naturally so let's do it let's get into the unpopular opinion yeah. segment 
don't hate me for this, but it's time for unpopular opinion. Brittany, what is your unpopular opinion? Yeah, so you were saying about hustle culture and stuff like that. That's the thing is there's no black and white to comedy. And we were saying earlier that like you thinking about things logically and intellectually and academically as opposed to emotionally already like that itself is something we forget about we say hustle culture go overnight but like i i mean i'm a hypocrite because i have been that person who's out all the time and some of it's because i like being around people most of it's just like i just want to do as much comedy as i can mm-hmm. but we can't be like i'm better because i'm out every night because the only evidence is what the crowd does how they feel and how they react because some people are the way they write they're good at like coming out and when they're excited about it they write a certain amount and they do well other people go out every night and they work hard and do it but certain people go out every night and they haven't put any work into it they just spew yeah which is also fine because you can learn from that because you do slowly gain stage presence you learned by doing but everyone's brain's different so, like, yes, if you were working on things, going out more, more stage time's always going to make you better, yes, as long as you're putting in the effort in the other areas. But you can't take anyone's progress. Like, you can't force anyone else's progress because you have to add comedy into your life where it adds. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just, like, I've been at times, like, I've said no to two shows in seven years. Like, let's be real. Like, I'm not a person who says no, but at the same time, I did say no once because I was like, listen... I got a lot of new jokes that I've been working on piecing out, but I need to fucking sit down. I haven't been alone for more than two hours in like three weeks. And then I was like, I need to sit down and like write this out so that I'm not just spewing and embarrassing myself. And then I did, I wrote it out. And then three days later I did three shows on a Sunday and worked it out. And by the end of the Sunday, it was like better than it would have been. So like, yeah, the hustle culture, of course, obviously that's how it works. The more you're out, people see you, you get more stuff. So like in one side, it's like, if you're not hustling all the time, you also can't complain that you're not getting things because people aren't yeah. necessarily asking another person because they're better than you. They might be asking another person because they're right in front of their face. They know they're you're on their radar. You're on their radar or like you're just buddies and you're next to them right then and you yeah. see them out and you're booking a show. Like at West, like all the time, people were booking shows at shows. Yeah. So they're like, hey, are you free Who's around? Day? Yeah, who's, who's, who's in my vicinity that I can ask? Yeah, but they're... But like... We all just need to like pay attention to our own shit and like do it in our own way. Get that bell. We haven't been ringing the fucking bell. Can you please ring that? Yeah. Because pay attention to your own shit. Like, listen, like you can't say that you doing it one way makes you a better comic when the results aren't like results are what matter. Results are what matter. And some people's brains have when they are busy with school and work and not every person's a 22 year old dirtbag who can roam around. Yeah. Every night. I mean, I'm a 13 year old dirtbag, but like not everyone's that way, but you can only say that your way is working better for you. Obviously there's facts, yeah. there's knowledge that the more you do something, the better you get it. Muscle memory, myelin wraps around your nerve endings and makes insulates it so that information travels better. Like there's scientific proof that yes, doing things more often is better. But if you, you also, people need to realize that 
when you're telling jokes and like open, especially for comics who open up about themselves. Yeah. Maybe it's not that hard to process your jokey, jokey laugh laughs, but uh, it's a little hard to process things when you're talking about yourself, because not only do you have to tell those jokes about it, you got to go home <laughs> and you got to deal with that shit because you've learned how to say that trauma in those specific words to a crowd. But in order to heal from that and to move on and to make that joke better and to make your life better, you don't only take that joke in that one line because it's not vulnerable anymore. If, you have the wording down. It is vulnerable in certain ways. If it's, if it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. But once I have that wording down and I say it, that's that. But when I go home in the next three weeks or whatever I have to do for my life, I have to dissect that thing I said on stage and branch out in all different directions to actually heal from it. Oh boy. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you, cause you have a great new joke. Yeah. I the, can't. the haircut one. Yeah, maybe don't say that one because my mom. We won't say. Yeah, it. but 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 like you have a really you have a good. It's a D. It's a you have a good joke that's mm. like very like I would say like bearing my soul. It's it's very vulnerable and darker. And I have one too, which is like mm-hmm. I mean I'll say because I've said it on the podcast, but like it's like uh, someone's listening to my podcast and finds out that I cry when I come. Yeah. That's one of the biggest traumas that I've been facing in my life. Like yeah. the idea I've done that before, and it's going you know. back to what you said about pleasure. I literally could not experience that without feeling instant sadness, instant, instant sadness. Like, I don't know what it's like to sit and bask in pleasure. I just don't. And that's fucking deep to say out loud in front of people. Mm -hmm. It's funny. And most times I either get a laugh or I get a, I either get a laugh or I get a, what? <laughs> yeah. what say? Which is better than I think it's I still think it's better than like silence or like ooh. Oh, I love a reaction. I love a grown weird. Yeah, silence is the worst, but like ooze are Travis always told me that ooze are good. You're building tension. Almost laughs. Yeah. Because because it's still an involuntary response, which yeah. is what you and you told me that yeah, yeah, on yeah. your first episode, you said, we just want people to make a sound. Yeah. Well, that's involuntarily. Yeah. Comedy's causing it. Laughter is an involuntary sound and, and even squirmy movements. That are, it's an involuntary sound and it's our job to make them make that sound by surprise and tension building and change. And even a facial expression, if you can get them reacting. Yeah, we don't facially. know how these people laugh in their regular lives. We don't know if that guy was just in a cave for the last 70 hours. And this is the first time he's ever <laughs> seen light. Like we don't know shit about this. Maybe he's a really fucking sad guy. And he laughs four times. Maybe that's most he's laughed all month. And we that's know. why you'll hear a lot of comics say after Stop shows. Stop being greedy and stop thinking the audience owes you anything. <laughs> Go yes. yourselves. You'll hear comics say they didn't laugh, but they were smiling. You know, like, yeah. like obviously, like a smiley crowd is better than like just a deadpan. Yeah, of course, yeah, because those are the worst. When, yeah. Especially when, like you said, personal shit. When you're up there, like. Yeah. Same punchlines that are like you need like a game cha- a room changer personal. in the middle of the show often when a show's weird no one's laughing much and like they're kind of uncomfortable it's because they haven't broken that like that hasn't nothing's shocked them enough to switch their energy up so there's a few people in the scene that if they go on certain points of the show they're yeah we call it like I call it like a room changer like things are going one way sometimes comics are are newer and they see like oh they've made jokes about this and everyone kind of flows with the same energy because of what they've seen but then there's people that need to wake them up like kyle carpenter's really good for a room changer he takes the room and fixes it a bit you know he does and and it's again i i've been asked like i've been that myself and i like it sometimes because it keeps my brain excited and other times i'm like can you guys do some work so i can enjoy my set <laughs> just a mix it's a variety <laughs> i love that 
Just yeah. Can we? And we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Can we talk about the the, the roasting stuff? Or just generally speaking, roasts and that energy and and the come down from a roast battle, because I gotta say, I watched. I've I've been watching all the rounds, yeah. and I've never felt more icky. Uh, it's a strange thing yeah. because I very much so enjoy it. Yeah, but as soon as it's over, I my stomach <laughs> drops into my vagina. Yeah, because I go. Oh my god. I don't know what it would be like to come down from that. Like even just general stand up is hard. Yeah. And then you're doing jokes. You're doing jokes that are meant to insult someone else. Yeah. And then you're taking the insults. Yeah. And I my brain doesn't know how to process yeah that type of thing. Yeah. So uh what I would say about roasts is like I I do like roasts and I love roasts, but also if you're ever asked to do a roast, maybe like take a look at what your life looks like at the moment. You know, I've done some roasts in time where like I wouldn't even like you could have hit me in the head with a baseball bat and I'd be like, cool, this is part of it, right? Um, like this is the way space I was in my life, and depending on who you're roasting, you're like, whatever, I'm tough, this doesn't bother me. But it really, yeah, maybe take a look around. Like, what have I been dealing with the last six months emotionally? Do I really want someone to make fun of me or do I not? But also I don't know. Like, I kind of like it because, like, that's just another chance to explore things that you forgot. Ooh. Like, like, um, yeah, Kyle and I did a roast and, like, it's not, it's mostly just that, like, you know, you make fun of someone or whatever or the space they hold or whatever. And then me going home, it's not like, oh, I'm mad that this happened or this was said about me. It was like, oh, Yeah. I've been feeling so good in myself with myself and confident lately. I forgot. Those are huge you things forgot. in my life that I used to say to myself so bad. It's a big and piece of humble pie. Well, it's in a, a good, reminder good reminder to be like, oh yeah, remember how much you hated yourself and now look at how good you're doing now. So like I don't know. Everything is a lesson, but also you don't have to you don't have to take each lesson each time. You don't have to be you don't have to jump on a stage and let someone make fun of all your insecurities. But would you say there's definitely people that should not participate? Because because this is interesting. Because that's their own choice. Because but. Kyle and I uh he drove me home last week and we were talking about roasts and just the cuz I could tell that he was feeling it after his mm. last battle with Mitch. Mm -hmm. Just because it was so rapid fire, it yeah. was intense. Um and we were talking about roast jokes and he really enjoys writing roast jokes yeah i fucking love writing roast jokes uh and i was just kind of like maybe i'll think about potentially doing a roast and he said don't yeah can i <laughs> he looked at me and just said don't do it sarah i have a hack <laughs> for you if you want to do those roast jokes but not be made fun of was that i have a hack for you if you What's want that? to write roast jokes and not be made fun of oh tell me just like host your own show and be a Cunt all the, the be, be comics. Host the roast battle? No, no, not a roast, just a show. Any show. I used to do this all the time. Oh. When I used to host shows, I was so mean to everyone after because I just and they know I'm not actually being mean because we're smiling and talking about it after. But like that's fine. People and you you can tell them. Some people don't like it, but whatever. It's like this is the show I run. I'm a bit of a bully. If you wanna the people kind of just knew that and like don't do it if you don't want. But I love when don't do it before they come up, but they come up, but they do their set, and then you do you roast jokes. You're after right. Them. That is the that a dark is and twisty because show. they cannot respond because they're done. Yeah. 
And maybe don't like do this in can, other people's spaces when you're hosting if you can't pull it off. Can I tell you my favorite yeah. moment where I witnessed that? Yeah. Um, and this is just what happened. This is not yeah. me saying my opinion on anything, okay? Yeah. This is just fact of what happened. Fucking Oasis Comedy Tuesday. Uh, Dave brought Patrick Kidston up to... Uh, he's a great com- uh what was it he's a great comic i don't like him as a as a person though and uh-huh. like people kind of groaned and laughed and then pat went up and he he just said <laughs> i don't like you as a host and then he went into his jokes i love it i fucking died yeah it was one of my favorite moments that i've ever like i don't know i i i actually have that's whips for certain people that i'm like i wish i could have the balls to just do it and say that's what's fun about comedy because if we don't pick on each other a little bit then the audience doesn't realize that we aren't serious here's what i'll say pick on other comics do not berate the crowd yeah unless you can pull it off unless you can pull it off if not you're making them feel uncomfortable you could probably pull that off because i think you could do it in a way yeah that would be playful yeah that's the thing not mean yeah the other night i told them they were homophobic but some of them were smiling and and then the rest of them were gonna get hit by traffic at the end of the night so i'm not really worried about it but you say things with a little yeah i do say smirk. like i'm gonna slit people's throats and murder them and stuff but it's a joke <laughs> <laughs> you'll say it with a smirk and a yeah. kind of wink in your eye yeah that makes makes you go she's not serious but there are some people's energies that are yeah off-putting that are a little too mean yeah to the audience and i don't it's oh, not enjoyable. Like that. Yeah, uh, they got to figure that out. But also, you're right; it does ruin the space a little bit for some people. It does, and that just makes people uncomfortable to like laugh and be loose and have fun. Well, yeah. Show. Why would you verbally laugh if every time you make a move, someone gets mad at you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nikki like, Glazer um, uh, on her podcast said that, uh, like, she has a daily podcast. She talks about the show she does, and she said, "If anyone's listening that's coming to my show, just know." You're allowed to get up and go to the bathroom. And I'm not going to point you out and say, this guy's taking a shit. Yeah. Uh, I remember that happened to Brian McDonald it's insecurities once. and egos and stuff, too. Like, when people, like... Yeah. You know, you're not getting what from you want, so you get a little hissy fit. Like, get over yourselves. It happened to Brad <laughs> once, actually. He called the guy out for going to the bathroom. And Brad's, like, the biggest sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, and after the show, like I Brad. saw him going into the crowd with a drink. And I asked him when he came back, I was like, did you just go buy that guy a drink? And he's like, yeah, I felt really bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, he's gentle. Right? He's a sweet man. Yeah. It's like the perfect example of like, oh, yeah, I, I picked a bit too hard and I shouldn't have. That's awareness. So. And that's, yeah. I'm all about, there's no all or nothings because like if you don't practice that, then you're what? Like once you become a headliner after like a dozen years or whatever and either you don't know how to be like that with the crowd. Yeah. So sometimes you do have to whatever it's open mic we're burning shit but like also you know it's intact and that's why i think it's important to like after your sets like as much as we go 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 with the hustle thing is like if you are just doing it but not actually taking the time to process it yeah you're doing lots of shows but like where's your progress coming in if you're just like doing your set and right after you're just talking to your friends and going home going to work and then doing it again like yeah so like yeah you yeah. gotta, you gotta have that sort of post mortem, like yeah, not all, not every time. Like if you're doing not every time, sometimes I'd be doing like fucking nine shows a week, and then I'm like, oh, like yeah, process as a whole, but I can't, I can't do that all the time. Like I when, can't like 
process every single day. But right. sometimes I can. What would you say is like the most high pressure situation you've ever had in comedy in terms of like a show? Like, have you ever had a show where it was like a lot riding on it where you, uh, where, yeah. it, where it felt like, it felt like this is the big deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 I do. I, I try not to, I try to treat everyone individually. Like everyone's kind of, I guess each could- crowd's important, right? Like I'm with those people um yeah i've had things i've had like showcases for things like geez i was like a year and a half in probably too early to be doing a just for laugh showcase holy shit bookended my i would i didn't know at the time but i bookended my set with like abortion jokes and then two years later i was like oh that's for sure not what they were looking for (laughs) um not that i would have gotten that at the time anyway but uh i've had that's wild two years that's well, they were coming to the East Coast and somebody oh. had passed my name along and they had watched a video and then contacted me and like, Damn. yeah, yeah. Damn. Um, yeah. So there's been things like I, I know my like uh, little reset fest I did in Edmonton. I was running this one woman show that I had an opener for like 10 minutes. And I was doing like 45, 50 minutes. And I did like five shows in a week and a half and I had to like promote and stuff too. Right. And like that one, it felt like, OK, there's something on this. But I don't know every I guess every shows it's mostly when like I'm trying to move forward and, right but uh I don't know I try not to like put too much on anything because all that's all that is gonna happen is what I do yeah me thinking about it more like obviously I put more effort into writing and I do that but me saying this is important this is gonna do everything what's that doing for me other than getting my emotions all riled up and not yes. let me think clearly you have to treat it like it's I'm gonna do this thing worst case scenario it's a learning experience yeah like that's the worst case scenario. yeah I used to have lots of like you can put pressure on yourself in certain areas in life but like comedy as much as it's so important to me and I do believe that I do a good job and I all this stuff but there's a lot of other times in my life before comedy that were way more intense of pressure Mm. so like I don't know I pretend like I'm retired and like do this because it feels like i don't know probably like four or five years in i took all the kind of pressure off myself and emotions in certain ways but like yeah i've had other things in my life where it's like okay i'm in charge of a thousand people who have to like move to my command and like things like that in my life that have been a lot more high pressure it's like if you don't do this you don't pass this and you can't like i've had so many more high pressure things than comedy right but which is not really high it's it's just because my brain at that time thought this was so important that's what it is now i'm an adult and i'm older and i do hold this just as important i just try not to get wrapped up in certain things i think when you as soon as you like when you're when you're trying too hard in comedy it really can show (laughs) yeah yeah you know, it's off-putting sometimes. You know, and and what I but mean, you but, need to be trying hard. That's yeah, the problem. That's, that's the Wait. that's the whole trick. Yeah. You need you need to try so hard. You need to try, but not look like you're trying. Yeah, that just comes with time, though. Yeah, that just really does come with time. It does. Yeah. So like patience. Yeah. Have patience in this fucking art form because it's not, it's not a fucking what's the word? It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Oh yeah. No wait, t- is that the right phrase? It's not yeah. a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a long game. You can't, like, people complain to me about stuff. I'm like, I don't even want to hear you complain about it. Like, complain, complain to your friends about it because you need to get that out of your body and you need to, like, figure that out for yourself. But, like, if you're complaining to me about something, it's like, I don't know. I wouldn't really worry about that till like, seven years in, like, right. six years in or, like, three years in. Like, I don't know. 
What do you think are the complaints? Like, just like, oh, I'm not getting the laughs I want, or... Yeah, it depends on the person, or like, this didn't work that way. But like, yeah, and that's good. Like, be aware of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, just leave me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> do people you want know? jokes by you a lot? Well, the thing is, is I'm... Nah, I don't know. Not really, a little bit. Um, yeah. The thing is, is like, I'm in a weird spot right now, right? Because I come back to Halifax, and I... I'm like a comic who has um, more experiences doing well in certain areas. I'm working myself up to become a headliner and stuff like that. But I'm also out a lot compared to some people, depending on the summer I took a little easy. But other times I'm out around like and doing open mics because I'm working on my shit. So then I'm around a lot of people who at different times are six months in, a year in, three years in, two years in. Various levels. Yeah, I go to different places and I'll headline shows. and Yeah, but a lot of the comics that are around are a lot newer. So when they talk to me as a peer, it's like I don't see it the same way as you. But yes, deal with this shit. But like, and I'll give little hits, tips and tricks around, but... I'm not there for the vent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fair. Not I'm, there for the vent because like, and I can be for my friends at different times. If, they, if a close friend of mine or someone needs me, I'm always going to be there for them. Yeah. But like, it is, a, I gotta say, it's a strange thing. It, it, it was strange. It's strange for me because I am many levels down from many of my close friends in comedy. Yeah. So it feels kind of lonely sometimes. No, for sure. Because I'm like, there's not many people at my, I don't know if many people when, I can talk to about things either. When I started, like when I exactly started, yeah, a lot of those people aren't still kicking around. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I started behind. I, I don't know. It's strange to think of like stages of comedy, but it. I'm in a weird spot. I'm in that like year and a half, you know, mm. weird phase. Yeah. Um, and it, it can feel lonely. I, um, oh, big time. I won't fucking lie. Comedy is so lonely. Dude, it's so fucking it's lonely. It's so interesting because, like, I don't know. I'm not used to this whole, like, everyone like everyone starts and then they're in a scene and they have this space and everyone knows what shows everyone's on and everyone knows what's happening and who's doing this and who's doing what and how well is this person doing and how many times did that person have this week? I don't know. I started by myself. I started in PEI. Yeah. There was like two other comics in the province. The rest of the comics would like come back for visits and we put on shows. But I started putting on shows myself and bringing people in. And I would go to New Brunswick. Like if I wasn't in New Brunswick for multiple shows a month, like I would, I get antsy. I would be like, be like a week or two if I didn't leave. And I would do all these odd random shows in PEI because it was the only uh, like hireable. It wasn't, I call them joke shows at the time. But so I was doing all this random stuff. So then I come to like scenes <laughs> And then people like start and there's already like people around them. I'm like, get out of here. I would, I don't know how I would have done. Cause I would be like, leave me alone. Do you think that's, do you think it's, uh, do you think it's good or bad? Both. Fascinating. Because I'm at, like, and it can be both. The amount of people, now there's a scene in PEI, you know what I mean? And there there was growing uh, different times when I was living there too, but like, it's definitely both. Cause I liked going to visit and I'd be like, oh, Brittany's visiting, but I don't have those people to rely on only when I'm in town. Or, like, I'm always in a different spot. And I like that for myself, personally. I do believe that comedy is a lone wolf game. Like, this is... We're the one person on stage while relying on everyone else for things. It's not a team sport. So, but also, we, comics, we, like, crave, like, love and attention and affection. <laughs> and then and we, that's why we like the post-show hang. Yeah. But we have to also realize that comics aren't generally, naturally love givers. So we're often looking for that from them, from what we need. But that's not what they're good at giving 
or receiving themselves. So sometimes we're looking for this acceptance and things from these people who just aren't good at giving it. It's like really wanting to make your comedy colleagues respect your comedy. That's a thing that I struggle with. Like I want, I want comics to be laughing at my stuff, but I shouldn't be thinking about that. I should be thinking about the audience laughing at my stuff. Yeah, because who knows if that comic's running through their jokes in their head or they're distracted because they've been at seven shows this week and they're tired of listening. I'm going to music lately because I'm like, I don't want to listen to anyone's words anymore. But I do. I still go out. (laughs) The human voice. (laughs) The human voice exhausts me. (laughs) Right? Like, I, I need to listen to people brushing microphones oh my God, to right? feel it all relaxed I, I just need them to shut up and whisper and, yeah and brush a mic with a yeah <laughs> brush we're not there for the comics everyone's always playing in the back of the room what do you think about this that's, joke everyone that's shut something that I, I really struggle with that yeah. and i don't know i think it's just that sense of like wanting to feel like i belong to something yeah and you're right you have to let go of that yeah. because because only you can yeah. develop your own voice yeah and comics are hard to make laugh people we're yeah. the hardest people to laugh at your shit. I even like when I was putting on shows in PEI, I had a lot of friends who'd come out and they'd come out regularly. And then after like a couple years, I was like realizing my friends weren't good audience members anymore. No, because they were the enjoying worst. it. Well, they were enjoying it and they're there, but they've learned comedy a bit. So they aren't surprised as easily. Exactly. They aren't. They've heard all these things and they're like, oh, yeah, that was nice. But they aren't reacting with that all involuntary sound like we expect. Exactly. And they're like, so it's just a, yeah, don't be, don't be looking at comics for that. Like, no, no. People who are sick. Like It's, and, and yeah, yeah, it's, that's, that's a struggle. You got to do stuff that makes you enjoy it because the only thing, the crowd just, you, the crowd just needs to believe you and trust you and know that you're in control. Yes. That's yeah. like, so much, so much of it is just getting the crowd to trust you. Do not. Do I, not try to impress the comics. Yeah. I say all this because whatever, but I, I know I impress the comics, so it doesn't bother me, I guess. <laughs> Just take a drink, Brittany. We get it. Yeah. Fucking, how long have you been doing? How, how long have you been doing comedy? It'll be like seven years in January. Woo! Yeah. Jesus Christ. But I mean, like I, yeah. And I've been, I mean, I'm 32 now. I've been public speaking and learning public speaking since for 20 years out of my 32 years. Yeah, being in control of um, I would like Sarah to chime in here because you said something to her before our show that she has stuck with her as a new comic. Sarah, can you tell everyone what Brittany said to you? Once? I do this a lot. Everyone's oh. got a story of something good Brittany said to them. So let's check it out. What's this one? <laughs> I think I told you this on Sunday, but you said to channel all my anxious energy into excited energy. And that's really, yeah. really, really helped. Yeah, change your nerves and anxiousness and be like, oh, no, this is could be excitement. Switch it to that. This is excitement for this. I'm not super nervous. And also, if you're fucking weird and anxious and all this shit, cool. Use it. Yeah. The crowd wants yes. you to be you. Play into it. How, the crowd wants you to be you at that time in your life. They don't want you to come in here being all hokey pokey and trying to like be something else. I don't know. I like it when someone's uncomfortable like it makes me more comfortable when someone's like an oddball because they're admitting it yeah it's like pointing out the elephant in the room right yeah 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 so if so if you're awkward embrace the awkwardness yeah just be what you are at that moment and, and allow change allow for that to change you don't need to be a certain way forever either you don't have to like take that and make it a shtick or like make it bold just like whatever you are or whatever you're being 
and and first it's so hard because you're not even being anything you're just trying to get those words in your mouth so don't even worry about that yeah just like let it flow and figure it out and have sit in those fun. pauses yeah try to have some fun yeah try yeah it, it joy can... and fun is a hard one for a lot of people but like yeah take that pressure off yourself and because that's how that is how you get good and keep excited yeah. about it like crowd yeah. work is something that i'm trying to dive into nice and it's but, terrifying oh yeah i still yeah it's still terrifying to me but is it you're so good at it i didn't think i was and then i told someone i was like i've been trying to like work on interacting with the crowd and being sillier with them and doing crowd work and stuff like Brittany, you do do that you do yeah you don't I don't talk. I don't like say like ask. Them you don't ask questions, questions but, but I you make observations. Yeah, I grab a reaction and pull it from there. Maybe yeah, maybe mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I think is really good. I I'm doing the questions thing, but I'm using the excuse that I'm new and I don't know what. Do you want a tip for <laughs> please crowd do. work? Please um, do. Anyone who's like asking questions or doing crowd work. Someone told this to me. Oh my god! Like I don't know, like six years ago, and I really liked it. He said. Uh, Whenever someone says something, don't say the first thing that pops into your head. Wait a second and maybe the second. Because the first one's obvious. It's not going to be a laugh. It's a everyone's, thinking, everyone's thinking it, right? But when you pause for a second and be like, ooh, and then say something a little different or whatever, it's then that's what the laugh is. That's a great yeah. piece of advice. Yeah. Thanks, that is, uh, that's Brian good. Joseph Giles from Maine, oh. USA for that one. Handlebar Thank mustache you. kind of guy. Thank you. Yeah. No, that that's actually a great a great point. What if you can't think of anything else though? <laughs> that's fine. I yeah, we like you can you, I also you gather things that you could even be like someone says something and then they say it and I did this last night is I uh, someone had mentioned about people being from Ontario or whatever and then this one woman was from Ontario and I said because I said I was from PEI and she had like collapsed. Like, oh, you from there? Or are you just a nice person? She's like, no, no, I'm not from there. I'm from Ontario. I was like, oh, the first nice Ontario person to ever come to Nova Scotia. And then I like asked her where she was from in Ontario and she paused like, a little too long. I was like, never mind. I don't even actually care. So let's just move on. Because <laughs> I realized That's... I don't know anything about Ontario. Like, I don't know where what to say about that. And I was like, whatever. I, don't I actually, actually do really like those moments where like, like you ask an audience member something and they answer and then and then you just go. Well, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. like I, I find those moments have been funny because it's just like because yeah. you're essentially admitting to like this this conversation's boring. Yeah, not, I was like, uh, we're not gonna get anything out of this. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago, yeah, yeah, I was hosting, and the first night, like they were both at the the rowdy table in the back. Oh, they both yeah. first night they got kicked out, second night uh, they didn't. But um, first night, one of the people's, I asked what the person's name was, and I think she said like patricia or something like that and, and there was like a loud excitable table i was like oh really because it was a birthday so i was talking to her i was like oh patricia i've never seen a patricia have fun before <laughs> uh and then like played on that a bit and then the next night at the same table someone else was like uh said her name was colleen and then i was like oh i love a colleen like, <laughs> it's just i don't know how does it actually make you feel as opposed to like reacting I, love a colleen. I do I you really have to like go with your instinct i think yeah and not be afraid to like say something i think if you say things with conviction bold boldness makes uh boldness yeah boldness is uh important it is that's how we cut down your jokes too i was talking to someone the other day a comic from pei who just asked me to give her some feedback from a 
a show we had done together a couple weeks ago and I had written some notes in my book and I just forgot to reach out to her. So we just did a little oh, video nice. chat and I just like let her know a few things. And then one of the things I said was, um, she, she's just working on cutting down her wording cause she is very new. Um, so she's like, okay, well this, think this might mean this and that. And I was just like, no, just tell them. Yeah. Tell them what it is. But you don't have to tell them, like, be bold all the time. You can use your inflection or the way you move to say the extra words. Like, they can tell by your body what you mean. You don't just, you know, like, the way you're leaning into things. Leave little gaps out because if not, their brain's not excited. They need to jump a little bit to keep them going. You don't That's have to tell them so all those true. things. Yeah. Keep them engaged and keep them excited. Like, my you're brain not, gets bored, so. You're not just giving it all to them. Yeah. Like. They can work for a little bit. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Oh, the wordiness thing. Word economy and jokes. Ugh, it's so tough. It is tough. Trying to just get things tight. Yeah. I really admire people who can do long form jokes because it's a skill that like I just I can't even I don't even want to touch it. I don't even want to touch I it. I like listening to it. I don't want it to be part of me. <laughs> I don't know. Cause yours are like medium. Listen, medium size my jokes? jokes, if you actually like pay attention to them and see how they're written out, they're tiny. But what they are is they're a bunch of lines that are funny and some of them are set up and punch. But then like Sarah Silverman has this special where she says something. She's like, oh, that's a throwaway joke. Um, I love Sarah Silverman. But, uh, I love Sarah Silverman. Yeah, I hate almost everyone in the world, but uh, she's great. Um, so, yeah, it's just like. It's she's like, oh well, that's a throwaway joke. And she's like, Do you know what's cool about a throwaway joke? Because you don't even mention it. It's like shooting a basketball and then looking the other getting into the hoop and then looking the other way. So a lot of mine are just like very particular wording of short lines that all can link together to be like one actual joke. But those lines can go anywhere. It's weird. I got this weird thing going on with my comedy and trying to figure that out. And some of my jokes are literally like 10 seconds mm. or like less. But then that joke goes next to this joke and goes next to this it joke. It all makes a story in the end. So it all kind of wraps around. It, everything leads. Do you find that hard then to like rearrange? Like, do you find that you, you're doing sets like in particular orders all the time? Or are you kind of mixing it up? And oh, like I can never do a set in the exact same order ever again. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I probably would do better. Like I probably would have... But that's I like always something I wonder about movement because I love learning my material so well that at certain shows I can have a rough structure of what the set's going to be. But then if I have someone get excited about this joke I said, I was like, well, I got three other jokes about that kind of thing. So then I pull those in and then pull around. Like it's all about me. So it's not like I have to like set the scene too much, but I have to know like which jokes. Because if my, yeah, it's like writing jokes and bits and chunks and stuff like that. Yeah. But it all can flow and have different rhythms and stuff, but I don't know. Like, like when weird. you're starting, would you recommend people stick to a certain set list or get in the know. habit of mixing it up? I think you gotta mix it up. Depends what you get excited about. Cause it's different too, right? Like some people here are like, Oh my God, this person's been doing the same joke for a year. I was like in Toronto, you literally do your jokes to perfect them until they're perfect. Your five minute set. So like, I don't know. If that feels good for you, like write out a set and like yeah, make that a set. And then it. once that's perfected, like literally you can like record that and then revert back when you have to build another set onto it. And it's everything's fixed up. And then you're working on things like inflection and movement yeah. and wording. But when you're new, I don't know, just write jokes and say them. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's it. Write jokes, say them. Yeah. And stop talking to me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
I love it. I told someone recently, I was like, you don't need to be telling people that I'm nice. They know I'm nice and they know I'm kind, but like. You're such a Scorpio. Yeah. Such a Scorpio. Right? Can't you you see the heart exterior with the heart of gold? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What, are you, how are you doing depression wise lately? Are you depressed? Happy? Uh, What's the scale? Yeah, no, I uh, feel pretty good. I actually, um, God. yeah, I'm not dealing with depression right now, which feels good. I definitely deal with it on and off. Like, ask me again later. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, anyone, uh, yeah, depression is a tough one, especially with like, I mean, everyone knows my joke. Before I wrote my bipolar joke, like I had never even, I had only, only five people in my life had known and I'd been diagnosed with bipolar like seven years before. A lot of times people, uh, things kind of come out in my comedy world and then I start letting people know um, because I need to find the wording that feels safe for me to get that out of my mouth. And then when you say jokes, it gets that out of your body and then you can process it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm doing well with depression right now. Um, You know, little mushrooms. uh, Yeah. Once in a while I can fix that up. But being being bipolar is a little bit tough, but it's bipolar too. So it's not as extreme. But it's your you deal with more like hypomania, like hyperness and having things be difficult to c- get done. But oh, the depression okay. can often be stronger, have a stronger hold on you, last longer because you're not just up and down. But depressions can be a lot deeper and darker for people with bipolar one. But bipolar two, it can like Is stretch bipolar out more. one more opersty. Well, it's like or uh, manic-y? yeah. Manic-y? It, bipolar ones like mania and um mania and depression and both have the risks of psychotic breaks as well like from that because you've manic too long then you can when when were you diagnosed i don't know i was like 23 yeah that's pretty young yeah well if you misbehave they tend to pay attention (laughs) (laughs) you're just fun yeah 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 (laughs) No, I think my whole life, I think I deal with the depression side of it my whole life, but being bipolar too, where it's not, I'm in control of stuff too, right? So, Did you find getting a diagnosis and having a title on things helped you? I don't fucking know. Like, probably. Yeah. Um, like, do you kind of like that you have, like, a name for it? Like a Yeah, I think yeah. now I really need to deal more with, like, figuring out the ADHD part, because I think that has a lot to do with my main problems compared to that uh, bipolar, because I do feel like I'm a sneaky stable. bitch, that ADHD. It just yeah. sneaks. We just have it, and it's just so fucking sneaky, and you don't know you have it, and then, and then to, you start yeah. to identify with it, and then you're like, oh, do I have it or do I not? Even just how I'm talking right now is very ADHD-like. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't have the... Um, hyperactiveness from it it's a lot of the inattentiveness the executive function issues like and people in my life anyone who's ever made complaints about me like growing up in my family and all these things i was like looking back to the things that people used to complain about and i was like oh well maybe if you just uh i can see where those are coming from those are uh traits of shit um yeah it probably does make it make a lot of sense because there's been times in my life where my depression's been like pretty still do fucking shows but like i'm not being able to it's such a huge deal to even like get meds or like eat food or like all these things that people deal with. Um, it's not unique to me, but, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess being labeled maybe made it better, but I think what really made it better was writing a joke about it, which the only way I can write a joke about it is if I had that. Cause no one, yeah, no one in my life knew about it until I wrote that 
joke about it. First time I lived in Halifax. That's such an interesting thing. The idea of like kind of not talking about. It's like um, finding out that when I found out Mitch was a dad. Yeah. It was from a stand-up joke. When yeah. When I found out Ian was going to be a dad, it was from a stand-up joke. It's just funny to me that like us comics, like we use our jokes as like little mini announcements. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, so many people found out I was gay from gay, yeah, Kira sexuality. That's another thing. It's because that's why we say that like sometimes we're like jokes are vulnerable. I was like, yeah, but we're in control of that space. We can say it how we want to say it and people can listen. And then we want to give them more. We can, but we don't have to. And we don't have to engage in a conversation. We can just say our piece and, and, and deal with it at home and process it and talk about it Gosh, more with the friends so later. True. It's funny. The, um, the very uh, intelligent, um, fantastic, a bunch of positive compliments, uh, the great uh, Sarah Silverman says this. It's actually a Mr. Rogers quote, but who cares? Um, she says it's uh, if it's mentionable, it's manageable, and that has like changed my life. If it's mentionable, it's manageable. If you can say it, like if you can say it out loud. Yeah, there's so it's... many things in my life that I've never been able to say out loud, and as soon as you start saying it out loud, you find different ways to work around it. It's freeing. If you can't say it out loud, well, I mean, things are still manageable. You're still surviving. You're still in survival mode and still getting through or whatever. But yeah, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. Like the things that I've said on stage, then I can process it. I've had like a lot of growth and change this summer because, you know, the, the joke we're not going to talk about. But that says yeah. in, in May when I started telling that joke, that's the first time my no one knows. Like my right. brother and stuff. Like I talked to him about it after. But saying that on a stage was like, shit, now I got to deal with this. So a lot of like. That is just getting that shit out of your body. Like, it's the same as, like, music and, like, art and all these different things. That's how you get the trauma and hurts and all this outside. Because you carry that on your body. I used to, like, someone would touch my lower back years ago and I'd be like, get the, what the fuck are you doing? They're like, this is how you show someone that they're safe. And I was like, oh. What oh, was I it know. like when you said the joke for the first time? Um, For the first time, not too bad, but that was outside. But the first time inside, oh, it felt good like it felt so good because like i crushed that room by being myself in a good way uh, like that to the date that was my favorite set it's like not anymore i've had different sets since but like to date that was like one of my favorite sets i had sent it to a friend he's like whoa this is great because a lot of other new stuff too in that set that i like kind of worked on before the lockdown and stuff well it feels good to accept something that you've ignored and, and dealt with all the consequences your whole life and own it finally like you're like you're not even like i guess own it or steps towards owning it yeah but realizing that something's affected your life so negatively in so many different ways and you've held it inside your body and you hold trauma in your body and then all of a sudden you're able to release that a little bit god damn. yeah it's, ther it's therapeutic something <laughs> it's a release of some sort wow that's all it is. It's a mentionable, it's manageable kind of thing, if right? It's mentionable, it's manageable. Yeah. How do? But how do you get something to be mentionable? I don't know. I guess you have to. I guess that's a whole mushrooms. <laughs> that can help. Like, no, it's everything, right? You have to feel safe. You have to feel comfortable because if you don't feel safe to express certain things, then you won't. And that's okay. Sometimes the reason you aren't ready to express it is because it's not time yet. Mm. you can't force that out of your body like i don't know do you think something like writing it down is as cathartic as saying it 
Because there's something like depends on the person. That's the thing with stand up. Like it's such a fucking like it's you and a microphone and a crowd. It's truly like the most. You don't have a band playing behind you. You like it's just you and a mic. Yeah. Um. But like I often think like you know when people like journal or they they write. uh, Sarah and I were talking about this last night. The idea of writing letters to people who you've had falling outs with. Yeah. And I often go. I feel like it's going to make me feel better. Even though the result might stay the same, it's gonna make you feel better. It's releasing. It's releasing something. Well, when you do it at a time like I try, I've been trying to start journaling and stuff. But this is the thing: I'll be like upset about something, and then two days later, I was like, I guess I will journal about it after I've already gotten over it. Like, right? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I don't know what to say now. Yeah, I was like, oh, things were weird. Now they're cool. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, Fuck. get it out. You got to do like the whole like stream your thoughts you can't stream. you can't just be like okay i'm gonna journal and make it have to be perfect I'll be perfectionist about it get that shit out that's that's good because then then when you get it out written out it's like i say when you're like talking about something you sometimes you got to get it out of your mouth first when people are like uncomfortable or like scared to like open up and stuff like that i like to be a safe space for them be like listen cool everything sucks but like the first time you get it out just get that shit out of your body. Like, get those words out. Be, and it's not going to be right. It's not going to feel good. Every the, every third sentence, you're going to be like, that's not actually how I feel. But you mm. just need to get it out. And then you can work on perfecting actually how you feel. And how so to explain true. it. Because, like, I this summer, I, like, it's funny. I grew up all, my mom had this whole, like, thing, a brag thing where she'd be like, uh... She's like, none of my none of my kids ever told me that they hated me. They'd say, like, my friend's kids would be like, I hate you. And she's like, you none of you ever said that to me. And then she looked at me and she goes, you used to just say that you hated yourself. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm glad we didn't address that. Um, but then this summer, I was, like, spending time with someone. And uh, she'd do this thing where she'd be like, I hate everything. And, like, just certain times. And it'd be funny to me. Because I was like, no, you don't. She's like, yeah, I hate everything. And I just kind of laugh about it. But also, like, you're being dramatic. But then I one day was like a little upset about something and I just go, oh, I hate everything. And I was like, oh, my God, that feels so good. <gasps> right. <laughs> oh, my God. Everything sucks. I hate everything. Yes. Everything is trash because I've always been aware of other people's feelings around me. But you haven't felt free enough to do that, to say I hate everything. Because I really don't. But like, yeah, it feels. Oh, my God. Like, but it's OK that it's not like it's not literal. You're just you're getting the feeling. But out. my whole life, everything has to be literal and guys walking on like eggshells and making sure everyone's cool and like keep things literal so that no one's getting hurt. But also like that's what that's part of the thing is like, oh, and I'm scared of how I'm going to treat people because I don't feel like how good this feels. But I don't think that's a risk for me. But like, holy fuck, I just yeah, I should be screaming. I hate everything. And that's why I say you should like like if you're in a forest or like on a cliff, like you should just yell. Like, oh, I'm all about that. Go and just yell at some trees, hit them with sticks. I'm all about because th- people like you got to get that out of your. You got to get it out because <laughs> with sticks. Oh, you haven't done it. Oh, you big stick. The trees with their children. Well, like, I talked. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to the tree first because I don't want. I want them to know this is for me and we're doing this together. You know, the right? <laughs> yeah. I just love that. Because ah! plants can take that in. Oh yeah, you got to. It's um. I'm I'm huge into there's like a toxic positivity movement happening right now where everything has to be so positive and for me. I'm all about harmless negativity. Yeah, and control chaos. Harmless negativity. Like if you're saying everything sucks, it's not really hurting anyone to say that. 
Say yeah, it. Yeah. I like that, Sarah. Say it. harmless negativity. That's probably probably half of my personality. Harmless negativity. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do Not- have a very positive outlook and a good perspective on most things, but also I like to be like someone the other day, I was like, oh, there's someone was like a mosquito on your face. I was like, it's November. There shouldn't be this. And he's like, they actually came in, they're Japanese mosquitoes. He's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> It's November. There shouldn't be a mosquito on my face. He's like, well, I'm just telling you where they came from. Why is it? I don't care. This don't is complain, not okay with me. Yeah. Be thankful. <laughs> and but also, you- I'd like to also normalize the idea of like, you don't have to be friends with every single goddamn person that you work with. When do we stop loving villains? I'm sorry. I'm just like, when do we think everyone has to be nice to us and be around us and be our friend and like you? No one has it's, to like you. It's none of your damn business. What everyone thinks of you, shut up and deal with your own shit. And if you maybe deal with your emotions and process those, you'll think of things more factually and not assume that everyone's out to get you. Because yes. lower level conflict management resolution has been a thing I've studied at different times in my life. And listen... The way you think about things and the way you talk to your own personal friends with the same opinion and just blow it, blow things up all into a thing. And then you think that that's a fact. I don't know. Yep. Deal with your own shit. Deal with your own shit. And stop shit. having, yeah, stop trying to have an effect on other people. Comics, we are, you are a comic. We're not a troupe. We're not this. We're not even a scene, really. Anyone can leave and move and come and visit. Just like, why, when do we stop? rooting for the villain like i don't obviously we don't want a villain like to hurt like whatever mm-hmm. but are there are we not supposed to have different opinions are we not supposed mm-hmm. to have different mm-hmm. styles of expressing ourselves are we not supposed to deal with our shit and then be a different person in four years and then whatever like mm-hmm. i don't know i get over it someone get doesn't like over it, it. <laughs> sorry this should have been the rant no i uh, no i no i love this because i feel like there's this weird pressure to be like to be supportive of everyone yeah well, where's the time left for yourself you don't necessarily have to be no treat like, people with respect yes. if you can yeah if you can't maybe you're going through shit i don't know but also stop putting so much weight on what other people think of you mm-hmm. and also they're not thinking of you we're all thinking of ourselves. <laughs> well, or they're thinking of you it, through a lens of selfish yes. ways they, to make themselves feel better or get what they can get out of that. What they can get out of you. Yeah. So I like was back home when I was doing the show and I, I never really said this as a joke, but I think I'm going to work on it. It's about like, I'm gathering people in the world who just uh, don't like me because other people like me. Um, I had never thought about this before, but they, I've been gathering a few. We got like, right now yes. we got, uh, this is a person that like growing up, I was like in grade, grade 12 or something. I was friends with my friend Cal and I was like, why doesn't this person like me? And she goes, well, you were friends with me first. And she's got this weird jealousy thing. We'd never talked before. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But then it starts happening more. I have another person when I was leaving PEI, I was a comic and he just does not like me for no reason, whatever. Maybe because I don't suck his dick or like kiss his ass or anything like that. Maybe, but it's their own insecurities. I've got a few more. There's a, I got like four or five right now. Uh, really? But then none of these people can complain about me because everyone kind of likes me. But that's what it is. It's people's insecurities. Like, get over yourselves. Sometimes people, yeah. there are people around that have their opinions and are hurt by other people's actions, even when it doesn't affect them. And that's yeah. fine. But yeah, get over it or don't get over it and don't expect anything to change. Like, yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. Jealousy is jealousy is brutal. 
Yeah, because a lot of the times comics who are like generally just want to do comedy and love the comedy, we uh, usually have are pretty like modest and our egos aren't big because we're doing it for like the whole picture. Like people who think that like comedy is a Halifax thing or whatever. <laughs> it's like, listen, this is the tiniest little nugget of this. I know. This show is not like this. Uh, yeah, the only time it's comedy is like the stage and the when you're out there and like it's in the room and the setup and that's right. Just like chill out with all your opinions and chill out with like what and people don't want you and be empowered to certain things because I don't know. It's not worth it. Well, it's not that it's not worth it. It's like you're actually not even just not even gonna get better or like get joy out of it if you keep adding these extra layers layers of things you need to feel good. Yeah. Yeah fucking true that girl i'm such a little like a uh, little uh genuinely honest uh rude person lately and i love it but you know what it's not rude what? it's just no you're honest yeah there's there's so many people who can't be honest yeah and i hate that like i hate when you, i hate when you when you like see someone and you're like it took me a long time to you're do this. really yeah. just not being honest and you're being like i can tell when someone's fake yeah, I can of course. Very much so. Tough. When someone's words and their actions and their don't body language, all that doesn't lie. I don't can't trust it, and I can't allow that into my space. So a lot of the people that don't like me, it's because I haven't accepted them. Like I accept other people because it doesn't feel safe to me. I can't. Mm. I need to feel safe in my space. Mm. I'm learning that now, mm-hmm. and a lot of that has to do with like I need to trust that you're being honest and your words mean what your words actually mean. Otherwise, I don't know. I got 75 other people I'm gonna hang out with this week that I don't have to. Add you in like I can't I can't do that because the the history of my life there's a lot of people I couldn't that let me down a lot. This is why when you're ever going through like some sort of like transformative self like mm-hmm. if, like what with which is what you're doing right now Thanks. you'll notice like when people start to do this type of self work they lose friends and yeah. they actually their circle of friends gets smaller because they actually realize who they can truly they out. trust and and those who you can't like. And then after it grows and because you start yeah. finding spaces that exactly. and then you start seeing what you want from other people and what they and it's not about wanting that for them. It's being like, how do we genuinely add to each other? Because so some true. person I could find them the most charming and wonderful person to be around. And all I know is I have a they're in the same space as me having coffee for an hour and a half, two hours a day in mm-hmm. the backyard like. I don't need anything from them, but boy, do they bring me joy, vice versa. Mm, yeah. We got to start meeting people where they're at. Oh, it's not expecting them to like, is this a comedy podcast or is this my therapy session? No, I, can't I love tell. this. No, no, no. Yeah. It's deep and funny. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is we got, yes, yeah, meet people where they're at. And like, if someone doesn't have a lot to give, then either move on to someone else who does or don't expect anything from them and just maybe show them some kindness maybe they are lacking that in their space so true Why that's we, a great way to think of we, it yeah we can't because we we too often get offended and then i always think of it like when you um when you reject someone like if someone admits their feelings for you and you have to say yeah. like no i don't feel the same way yeah. like the own like the reason we hate rejecting people is because we don't like to be rejected yeah but we have to do it yeah so so you have to go this just has to happen and I've done it. So they're going to do it to me. And I, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the same kind of thing. It's yeah. yeah. Meet people where they're at. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Brittany. 
Yeah. We're just about to hit two hours. Holy Is there? Sh- I know, right? Wow. Welcome to the time, the podcast Time Warp. Anything else that you would like to bring up or talk about uh, before we wrap? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe uh, give me a little follow on there on the Instagram. At Brittany Makes yeah. Jokes if you want. I got some exciting things I want to be throwing out in the future. And um, yeah, I'm just excited about as much as I say, like, don't talk to me and all this shit. I do enjoy those conversations. It's just be worse. Be no, don't even like just accept how I react. You don't even have to change who you are. I'm not asking anyone to be a certain way around me. I'm just saying that what I can give and, and maybe I'll love that conversation if it was at a different time. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Just like respect what other people are going through and what other people are dealing with. One of the four agreements. Yeah. Don't take things personally. Don't think things personally. It's, also, maybe take things personally sometimes. But uh, <laughs> true. no, just yeah, deal with your own self. And, and when you can't deal with yourself, that's fine. Like just exist. We can't, we can't, we, I don't know. I'm just in a big kick of just being a, I don't know, figuring out myself a little bit. and Forgi- Self-forgiveness. Yeah, and showing the world some love. But I've realized that, like, like, that can't be for everyone. And I used to just want that to be for everyone. And now now I have to uh, leave some love for myself. Yes, bitch. Yeah. And you should. Yeah. So I hope that, I hope that the next time I ask you to do something, you'll say no. <laughs> I love but that I'll take too. It I, often I, that's my favorite thing about this whole self love self care movement is like friends will start to get happy when you yeah. turn them down because they'll go no good you're taking care of yourself and I want to see you take care of yourself like to actually respond with hey Brett okay so let's let's do a role play right now ready <sighs> so okay. hard uh, hey Brittany, um, a bunch of us are having drinks tomorrow night do you want to come uh, no I'm doing a show in New Glasgow <laughs> you failed you failed i know no no <laughs> okay let's try again. Let's, again let's try again hey Brittany, a bunch of us are having drinks tomorrow night do you want to come out who's gonna be there anyone cool <laughs> oh oh i hate that response that's the worst response it's it's uh the two sarahs uh sarah mcclellan and sarah nicole no i'm good thanks <laughs> <laughs> no you gotta say no i'm tired and i'm gonna stay in. okay okay let's okay. try this again okay uh a bunch of us are having drinks tomorrow night do you want to come out no nah, bitch good for you. Thank you good for you i hope you enjoy your Oof. night yeah you too i really enjoy who you are as a human but uh i can't tonight enjoy yourself there's no judgment on either end we are all gonna have the nights we wanted yeah and it's not personal why is this such a big fucking deal because a lot of us have abandonment issues and a lot of us have shit that hurts and we forget about other people's reactions other people's feelings and all these things but i don't know i think it's too like the pandemic made us slow down and then it made us realize because we started speeding up again and then we started feeling uncomfortable a little awkward socially but now that we're past that point we're like starting to actually figure out i think what we actually enjoy being around so true it's a great way to great way but to we end. have still have all these old patterns that keep creeping in. so we're all trying our best okay um i adore you oh thanks thank you for doing this awesome episode i think a lot of people will relate to this and want to hear it 
So follow Brittany on Instagram once again. At Brittany, Brittany Makes Jokes. Brittany Makes Jokes. It's a great Instagram handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she makes jokes. She's damn good at telling them. Yeah. Um, hey. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This was excellent. And we still end it. Thank you for listening to the Intoxicated Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast and check out our video episodes on the Intoxicated YouTube channel. Until next week, feel hard and talk hard. Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan, co-produced by Sarah Nicole, and brought to you by the messiness of life.